The big banks raised their expectations for the Federal Reserve. Take-Two Interactive announces a major acquisition. We go over the biggest analyst calls. News from Fed Vice Chair Clarida to step down. Lemon falters on disappointing earnings news. Pfizer with a unique gene editing partnership and Tiger Global ends the year with losses. This is the running with the money briefing. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing, powered by Pounding The Table. Either way, my, oh my, the markets today, well, they showed a little bit of strength. So this morning, it was pretty bad. It was pretty darn bloody. The markets were absolutely falling off, and it seemed like the selling was never going to stop. But right around 12 p.m. the day, everything reversed. It was crazy. The strength was nuts throughout the back end of today, and the result wasn't all so bad. So the Dow, it did close down 162, and the NASDAQ, it closed down 693, and we also had the S&P 500 closing down 693. 0.74, but it wasn't all bad. If you go sector by sector here, we had healthcare leading the way up 0.96%. Technology caught a significant rebound from the intraday low, ending the day up 0.32%, and we had communication services up 0.31%. Meanwhile, energy, financials, real estate, consumer defensive, basic materials, utilities, consumer statistical, and industrials, all moving to the downside and the number one worst performing sector today was that industrial sector. So some very interesting price action today in the markets. Technology catching a bit off those lows. Um, so I guess if you were looking for a growth rebound, today was a uh, pretty darn positive day for you, at least in some ways. Now, Shifting in to what these big banks are saying, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Deutsche Bank, etc., what they are saying about the Federal Reserve in their actions for this year. So this morning we had Goldman Sachs coming out and basically saying, look, now we see four interest rate hikes this year. We now see one in December, and we also see that balance sheet runoff process, that reduction of the Fed balance sheet. We see that starting as soon as July. Now, this take this took a lot of people by surprise, this note out of Goldman Sachs. It is also important to note that prior to this note, um, basically Goldman Sachs was only expecting three rate hikes, one in March, one in June, and one in September. And now they see another one in December, as well as that balance sheet reduction coming in as soon as July, if not earlier, according to the bank. Now, on this call, they cited some interesting metrics. They did indeed basically point to um, the rapid improvement in the labor market as a reason for the Fed to get more hawkish and basically normalize faster. So that was an interesting point that Goldman Sachs made. So overall, Goldman Sachs basically saying, look, guys, we're going to see four interest rate hikes now this year, and that balance sheet runoff is going to start by July, if not sooner, and that was much quicker and much more than what many were expecting. So it was a pretty significant note on the day. Now, we also had on Friday, J.P. Morgan actually bringing forward its forecast for the first rate hike since the pandemic. And now they believe, um, in essence, that we are going to see a rate hike every quarter. So four rate hikes 
for the year. So that is very interesting. Um, basically, Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan now on the same note. But we also got commentary out of Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan today, when it came to the economy and the Federal Reserve and what exactly the Federal Reserve is going to do and then how their actions would affect the market. And this was very interesting commentary. This was headline news about midday. So Jamie Dimon, he first highlighted here um, that the U.S. is basically heading towards some of the best economic growth that it has seen in decades, according to him. He goes on to say, quote, we're going to have the best growth we've ever had this year. I think since maybe sometime after the Great Depression. He goes on to say, next year will be pretty good too. And this was at CNBC's Bertha Coombs during, or to CNBC's Bertha Coombs uh, during the 40th annual J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. So he's pretty darn bullish when it comes to the U.S. economy and how the U.S. economy will perform not only this year, but next year. Now, he also went to say um, and speak to what the Federal Reserve was going to do throughout the year. And he goes on to say, quote, it's possible that inflation is worse than they think and they raise rates more than people think. I personally would be surprised if it's just four increases. So there he's saying he's surprised if we don't have uh, more, if, if we have less than four rate hike increases. So he's expecting more than four rate hikes throughout this year alone. So that spooked the markets a bit. The fact that the CEO of one of the biggest banks on planet Earth is coming out and basically saying, look, I'd be surprised if we see um, no more than four rate hikes. I mean, that's pretty significant. That's definitely something to know. Now, he went on to say, the market is different. We're kind of expecting that the market will have a lot of volatility this year as rates go up and people kind of redo projections. So in essence there, he's responding to a question when it comes to how will the market perform in regards to what the Federal Reserve does. And he's basically saying, look, um, basically, if you read through his words there, it seems that he's not all too bullish on the stock market itself. Uh, he basically seems to be expecting a lot of volatility, a lot of choppy action throughout this year as the Federal Reserve basically gets to the point point at which they want to be, and he also expects a lot of projections to be redone. So that is very interesting commentary out of JP Morgan, not only the bank, but the CEO of the bank. So some pretty significant stuff out of two major banks uh, over the weekend from Friday to this morning. So uh, very interesting stuff there. Basically, the consensus starting to get to four interest rate hikes. Now, before we leave this Federal Reserve news in the dust and move on to some other headlines, I also want to talk about on Friday, we also had Deutsche Bank um, bringing up their expectations to now a total of four Federal Reserve rate hikes this year throughout the year. And they also believe that uh, basically the Federal Reserve will start that balance sheet reduction in the third quarter of this year. So that is also something to note. So pretty much all the banks starting to get on that same page that we're going to see four rate hikes this year. Now shifting away from the Federal Reserve, because I know everyone's tired of talking about it. I want to shift into this headline out of Take-Two Interactive, announcing that they will be acquiring Zynga for $12.7 billion. So Take-Two did indeed announce today that they will be purchasing Zynga for $9.86 a share. That's a 64% premium to Zynga's current closing price or the closing price on Friday. Also, it's important to note how all of this will be paid out. So if you take a look here, 
Zynga told shareholders, or not Zynga, but Take-Two and Zynga together told shareholders after this deal was announced that they will receive $3.50 in cash and $6.36 in Take-Two stock for each share of Zynga outstanding at the closing price of the transaction, and that's also per CNBC. So basically, this deal will be paying Zynga shareholders out $3.50 in cash and $6.36 in Take-Two stock for every single share that is held by the shareholders. So that's some very interesting stuff there as well. So they're paying a pretty lofty premium on this name, a 64% premium to what Zynga was uh, basically trading at on Friday at the close. So definitely a premium acquisition here. And on this news, we saw that Zynga actually moved up significantly, nearly 40%. Meanwhile, Take-Two traded down and actually closed the day down 13%. So that is definitely something to note here. It's another one of those accounts or another one of those instances where we see a very successful company acquire another company at a significant premium and the shareholders of the company that is making the acquisition um, aren't too happy because of the premium they are paying. So that seems to be the thesis here. We did get some commentary though out of the CEO of Take-Two and uh, I'd like to share with you what he said. So he went to go on and say, we are trying to build a business over a very long period of time. We've paid attention to creating value for our players, for our colleagues, and for our shareholders. And that's worked out over a very long period of time. So basically what the CEO of Take-Two is saying here is that he believes this is a solid acquisition, that it's going to be good um, for not only the players, but also the shareholders, and that over a long period of time, he believes this is all going to play out well. Now, this deal is going to close or is expected to close on June 30th of 2022, and of course that is subject to regulatory approval. But a very interesting acquisition out of Take-Two, acquiring Zynga for $12.7 billion, a 64% premium to Friday's closing price. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, I want to talk about Goldman Sachs, initiating coverage of IBM as neutral. Now, Goldman Sachs goes on to say, quote, we believe IBM is well-positioned for better growth, profitability, and sustainable shareholder return with elevated enterprise transformation demand anticipated ahead. Goldman Sachs, not uh, super bullish on IBM, but liking the company, iterating it or initiating it as neutral. We also had Deutsche Bank upgrading Viacom CBS to a buy from hold today. Deutsche Bank goes on to say, quote, we're upgrading Viacom to buy from hold and increasing our price target $43 from $39 driven by higher long-term streaming revenue forecast and time value of money appreciation since our last update. Deutsche Bank getting more bullish on Viacom CBS, liking that long-term streaming revenue forecast. We also had Bank of America reiterating one of the most loved stocks on the street or one of the most loved companies out there, Amazon, as a buy. Bank of America going on to say, quote, we have a positive outlook for three to five years e-commerce growth given sub 20% penetration and with market share gains in 2021, we see Amazon as well positioned for sector growth reacceleration in the second half of 2022 and into 2023. So basically Bank of America saying here, look, there is much more penetration to be done when it comes to e-commerce, US e-commerce in the growth of the overall e-commerce industry. Amazon's one of the biggest players in the game and therefore they should see another acceleration in growth in the back half of 2022 and into 2023. Bank of America reiterated rating Amazon as a buy. We also had UBS upgrading Generac to buy from neutral today. 
The firm goes on to say, quote, we upgrade shares of Generac from neutral to buy. In our view, the current 19 times 2022 EV to EBITDA multiple presents a buying opportunity with Generac well positioned to take shares or share in the behind the meter BTM battery storage market. UBS basically saying here on this upgrade that Generac is trading a bit too cheap for them and that they believe the company is going to continue to take share away from competitors in that behind the meter BTM battery storage market. We also had UBS upgrading Zscaler to buy from neutral today. The firm went on to say, quote, we come away with 14 conversations with IT executives and partners and six ZS Zscaler customers with greater conviction in Zscaler's growth prospects for 2022. UBS liking Zscaler, upgrading it to buy from neutral after multiple conversations with IT executives and partners, as well as six Zscaler customers. Now, shifting into our final analyst calls of the day, we had New Street initiating coverage of Micron as a buy. New Street goes on to say here, quote, the secular acceleration of semiconductor growth over the last five years was actually stronger in memory than in logic. And we see continued strong growth drivers specific to memory across the technology infrastructure landscape. A interesting call on Micron, basically initiating Micron as a buy. And once again, that was New Street making that initiation. Also today, one of the most loved electric vehicle stocks around Tesla did indeed get named a top pick by Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs went on to say, quote, we are raising our estimates and our 12-month price targets on Tesla to $1,200 following robust fourth quarter 2021 deliveries as we see the material upside in the fourth quarter as a sign that the company can sell more vehicles in 2022 and 2023 too. Goldman Sachs bullish on uh, production when it comes to sales as well. I mean, it seems Goldman Sachs is an all-in bull on Tesla, naming a top pick for the year. Now, shifting into Deutsche Bank, naming Electronic Arts EA is a top pick for 2022. The firm goes on to say, quote, we believe that EA has a strong organic growth outlook both next year and longer term, which should lead to substantial value creation over time. We are expecting the company to grow net bookings at a rate of greater than 6% year over year organically and believe that EA can maintain growth around that pace over a three-year period. So it seems that Deutsche Bank expects some solid organic growth to come out of EA they believe that the company can maintain growth over the pace of a three-year period, and they are bullish on the name, naming it a top pick for 2022. And then our final analyst call of the day is from Bank of America, naming NVIDIA a top 2022 pick. Bank of America goes on to say, quote, NVIDIA is our top pick in semiconductors, with most upside to estimates from secular growth in gaming, AI, metaverse, and autos. 2022 sales growth likely to be 25 to 30% year over year versus our 21%. So in essence, Bank of America is bullish on NVIDIA. They're bullish on the fact that they're going to have quite a bit of demand from gaming, AI, this metaverse theme, and autos. And uh, they like the growth that is expected out of the company, which beats their own previous expectations. Now, shifting away from the biggest analyst calls of the day, we have a few smaller headlines to cover here. 
So first, just minutes after the close, we got news that Fed Vice Chair Clarida will be stepping down. He did indeed say he will leave his post this Friday and his term uh, would have expired on January 31st. This comes after some disclosures that he was trading and made some trades that seem a bit fishy, especially when it comes to the fact that they were right around February 2020 which was just before or as the Federal Reserve was getting ready to throw out all that stimulus as they were getting ready to stimulate the market, as they were getting ready um, to basically save the economy. He was out here making some fishy trades that seemed a bit like insider trading, especially to those that are uh, retail traders. A lot of retail traders were frustrated with that action. The Federal Reserve as a whole, um, the community was not happy. And now you have uh, basically he's stepping down on additional disclosures and revelations surrounding his trading um, and some insider trading. So definitely something to note there. Fed Vice Chair Clarida will be stepping down on Friday and leaving his post. Now, we also had Lululemon uh, falling today, and they were falling on some disappointing earnings guidance. So Lululemon basically said that they are going to be uh, or they are trending towards the bottom end range of their earnings expectations for the fourth quarter, which ends on January 31st. Per Bloomberg, uh, Lululemon announced that they are targeting a sales uh, range of $2.125 billion to $2.165 billion, and they're trending towards the bottom of that range. And then they're also trending towards the bottom of their adjusted profit forecast uh, between $3.25 and $3.32. So, their earnings a bit slower, a bit lower than expected. Their sales not as large as expected, especially given the holiday season. So investors were disappointed about this. We did get commentary at a chief executive officer, Calvin McDonald. He went on to say, quote, we started the holiday season in a strong position, but have since experienced several consequences of the Omicron variant, including increased capacity constraints, more limited staff availability, and reduced operating hours in certain locations. So in essence, they're very much having some difficulty with this Omicron variant in the pandemic still, and it is therefore affecting earnings. Definitely something to note if you are a Lululemon shareholder or looking at getting into the name, possibly this is a good long-term opportunity, but I figured I'd throw it in. It is a significant name in the markets, and it's definitely something to pay attention to. And then finally, we had Pfizer um, partnering up with Beam, a gene editing company. So they will be collaborating in order to develop some therapies for rare genetic diseases. This is pretty cool. I know that the Pound in the Table team, specifically Nat, um, has done a lot on uh, Beam and researching the company. And actually, I believe they did an interview with some management there. So I recommend you all go check that out. But through this partnership, Beam will be receiving an upfront payment of $300 million. They'll be eligible um, to receive future milestone payments up to $1.05 billion. And also something to note here that it comes to a total of $1.35 billion. So a pretty darn big partnership for Beam partnering here with Pfizer to collaborate and develop um, therapies for these rare genetic diseases. Some very cool stuff between Pfizer and Beam. And then finally, I want to round out the show talking about this headline out of a major fund that many people pay attention to, and that's Tiger Global reporting a 7% loss in 2021. Now, this is according to sources per Bloomberg, so it's not like we know this for a fact, but according to people familiar with the matter, according to Bloomberg, um, the hedge fund did report a 7% loss, uh, basically uh, going into the end of the year. They definitely struggled in the back end two months. According to these sources, they saw an 8% drop in November and a 10% 
10.7% drop in December, erasing their 13% gain for the year that they built up over the previous 10 months. So definitely not great there. And it is, or it would be, if we know this for sure, their first annual loss since 2016. The firm did reject the comment. They're a $100 billion firm, so a very big firm. Definitely one of note. And uh, it's just is one of the third annual losses. So it's just one of three annual losses um, that this hedge fund has had in two decades. So this hasn't happened much. Um, It declined 15% in 2016, 26% in 2008, and now 7% in 2021. So three losses over two decades, that's pretty darn good if you ask me. But definitely something to know. It goes to show, um, I would say, how volatile the markets have been over the last two months of the year now going into the new year. And now, ending out the show, there's a few dates and a few things that you guys should be paying attention to. So, tomorrow, we get Jerome Powell. He will be appearing before the Senate Banking Committee January 11th, which is tomorrow, Tuesday, at 10 a.m. The market is expecting a lot out of this. The market could have a reaction on this. So, that is something to know on Catalyst Watch. Put this Jerome Powell appearing before the Senate Banking Committee on January 11th on your watch list, on your calendar, something to pay attention to as a catalyst to the markets in either direction. We also have December CPI read. That is going to be coming out on January 12th, Wednesday, 8.30 a.m. We're going to want to be there. If that comes in super hot, it'll be interesting to see how the market reacts. And then finally, on Friday, we have J.P. Morgan sitting in Wells Fargo, all reporting earnings prior to the open. So earnings getting uh, kicked open or started with J.P. Morgan City and Wells Fargo on Friday morning. Those bank earnings are also going to be, I believe, and they typically are somewhat of a catalyst for the market in either direction. But that is the show. Thank you for listening. And we will be back with another episode tomorrow, per usual, to go over the biggest headlines, biggest analyst calls, and anything affecting the market. In the meantime, go give my boys and fellow team members over at Pounding the Table a listen on Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please go give me and my team a listen and a follow at Running With The Money on Instagram and Facebook or at Luke Donay on Twitter. In the meantime, easily prop it, trade on, do the research, and I will see you tomorrow. 